this week. The Drew Goodman Podcast with Julie Brownman. On the Drew Goodman Podcast with Julie Brownman. That is right. Controversy north of the border. It ain't gonna fly. They they had to fire him. The troubles continue for Arkansas football. I guarantee you, you and I are going to be sitting here two years from now, and we're going to go, guess what? Arkansas is still horseshit. Personal grooming. I think most men could use a pedicure. The warning signs in the Broncos quarterback saga. Drew Locke says he's ready, and your head coach is now even saying he has to prove that he belongs. Like, isn't this reminiscent of Paxton Lynch? Or even worse. And the NFL's elite quarterbacks. How about Lamar Jackson? I'm not sure yet. I'm ready to anoint him the next great one. This is the Drew Goodman Podcast with Julie Brownman. We are on Facebook Live and Twitter Live. I was like this and I felt like I should sit up like I'm in class and pay attention now. It's How are casual. You? I'm great. How are you? I am really well um, and I appreciate you asking me that. That's very kind of you. Do um, people not ask you how you're doing? No, I think people, um, no, people do generally speaking. How you doing? How you doing? Um, when people ask how you're doing, do you tell the truth or you just say like, oh, I'm fine, even if your world's falling apart? A lot of no, people I, do that. I, I, no, I I think I just, it depends who it is. I mean, I give right. the answer, but nobody wants to hear everybody's, you know. <laughs> like I'm terrible. Right. I do, I'm, I do. I'm moody and I'm grumpy. <laughs> right. Which you've done to me before. And I confide in you, uh, right. Uh, right? And you, you're a great friend. So I can go there with you, which right. I appreciate. Um, you reminded me of that Budweiser commercial from a few years ago. And as a New Yorker, I loved the crap out of that commercial where there's a bartender and guys come in, fellow New Yorkers, and like, how you doing? And the bartender, or excuse me, the bartender says, how you doing? And guys come in and go, good. How you doing? Good. Man, how you doing? Right? Back and forth. And then some guy from like Texas comes in and the bartender goes, you know, he's washing his glasses, pouring beers, and he goes, how you doing? And the guy from Texas goes, how am I doing? I'm doing great. Thanks very much. Because he took it as a literal thing. We're right. in New York. How you doing? Is like, hey, hello. Right. We Do you really remember that don't commercial with the Budweiser? No, but I'm a little younger than you are. You're a little what? Younger than you are. I said it's like three years ago. You were <laughs> well, around no. and an adult at that point in time. So how do you think Don Cherry's doing today? Don Cherry, for those I, I think everybody knows now, Don Cherry, who's who's 85 and has always been outspoken, former NHL coach of the Colorado Rockies, their brief tenure here in our beautiful town. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he's always somewhat lived on the edge, both in how he dressed and certainly how he speaks. He is not at all, or at least hasn't been as of this taping, um, feeling a, a reason to apologize. He's not contrite at all. And whenever you paint with a broad brush, forget politically correct. You can't paint with some broad brush like he did and say everybody. Anytime you say them, alarm bells go off. And if you do what we do for a living, even if you have backwards thoughts like like he does, once you present them, you're now representing a company. It ain't going to fly. They They had to fire him. For those that didn't hear, you said he's 85. So he does um, Coach's Corner and Hockey Night in Canada, which is crazy popular, right? I mean, that is what everybody is watching. So that, that's that, Julie, very quickly. That's Monday night in the right, heyday of the Monday heyday. night football mm-hmm. in our country in the 70s and the 80s. That's what Hockey Night in Canada. And Don Cherry, I would argue, uh, I'm not Canadian. I love, I love our brethren to the north or neighbors to the north, I would say he's probably one of the 10 most recognizable figures in Canada. 
So this is what he said. He talks about where he lives in Ontario. He said very few people wear the poppy and the poppy is the um, it's the flower that that they use for Remembrance Day. He says in downtown, very few people wear the poppy. Downtown Toronto, forget about it. Nobody wears the poppy. Now you go to the small cities, you people dot 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 that come here. Whatever it is, you love our way of life. You love our milk and honey. At least you could pay a couple bucks for a poppy or something like that. These guys paid for your way of life that you enjoy in Canada. These guys paid the biggest price for that. And he's talking about that little poppy that sometimes you see, you know, the guys. It's their Veterans Day. It's their Veterans Day, right. We were talking about this off the air. So basically, he's talking about immigrants. And when he says, you people, whenever you start a sentence with you people, this day and age, get ready. Because you're going to have backlash. And as soon as he said it, there was social media backlash. And and I I agree with that backlash. I mean, you just you don't you just you don't say these things. And I'm okay if that's what you think. Honestly, everybody thinks differently. I don't think like that, but if he wants something like that, but but you are on hockey night in Canada. You can't say that. If he stands on a street corner and wants to make that kind of pronouncement, he has the right to in our right. country. He has the right, right to in Canada. As much as I find those statements like you reprehensible, mm-hmm. what makes our country and Canada great is that we have the freedom of speech. It is the foundation of our democracy. It is one of the founding principles of the Canadian uh, democracy, their parliamentary government, right? So if he wants to make those comments and pronouncements, he has every right. But when you are doing it as an employer, or employee, I should say, of a company, you are now making that company almost not not liable, but but you are the the company now becomes a part of what you are saying, and the company naturally has to distance itself, and that's why he lost his job. And he and quite frankly, he deserved to lose his job. How much do you feel like in this day and age that you're more so afraid to say what you want to say? You don't have those kind of thoughts, but as a broadcaster now, mm-hmm. do you feel like even more nervous about what you say? It's a great question, Julie, and and I would say that, and I knock on wood, mm-hmm. I've always had a pretty good filter, mm-hmm. and you know that there are places you shouldn't go, and I don't take for granted the mouthpiece that I have, but know that... A larger entity is, um, or several entities, and you know, I work for AT and T Sportsnet. I work for the Colorado Rockies a- as well, but with the approval. Uh, you know, I, I work with the approval of the Colorado Rockies. So, you know, that's not my job to get on a soapbox and make a political statement or any other statement. People are tuning in to watch the Rockies play. And hopefully, I've said this many times, hopefully from my standpoint, you know, Jeff Houston, Ryan Spielborg, Jenny Kavnar, that are, you know, what we present, the information, the, you know, the stories, the anecdotes, whatever, that we can be a nice accompaniment to their enjoyment of the game. I have never, ever felt like, oh, yeah, they're tuning in to hear what I have to say, because it's not about that. They're tuning in. They're Rockies fans. They're baseball fans. And again, if they like the announcers, we're, we can be a pleasant accompaniment and hopefully maybe occasionally a funny accompaniment mm-hmm. or an informational accompaniment. 
But if you cross that line, and maybe he doesn't care anymore, he's 85, and, and he's always kind of lived, uh, you know, teetering on that line. Right. But I think to answer, long-winded answer your question is you better be aware of what you say in this day and age. Well, he says he doesn't care. He said he refused to apologize. He said, I, I had my say, and that's it. So that's the end of Don Cherry in uh, Hockey Night in Canada. So we will not be hearing any more from him. So you had an interesting weekend. It was a bye weekend for the Broncos, and you didn't do any college football. So you went up to CU correct, yep. to watch CU win against Stanford, against Stanford, win a game. It was great to see. Great crowd. Julie, I have to say this, and you and you went to KU, and I've done a, you know, a ton of games over the years in, in Lawrence. Lawrence is a great college town. Love, love Lawrence, Kansas. There's, there's some really fabulous college towns. One of the neat things about doing what I do is being on college campuses. And most college campuses, they, they don't, you know, build college campuses in dumps they usually build them in pretty places in whatever town they're in right mm, we could and talk about nebraska but i don't want to find I, I listen i in all seriousness to our friends in lincoln yeah. i like lincoln if you're in downtown like the Haymarket area uh -huh. in, in lincoln uh -huh. good time okay fun okay right sure not quite as scenic as fort collins or boulder and that's what i'm warming to right we've all been to boulder and on campus at cu a million times I'm sitting there. It's damn near 80 degrees. I'm I'm texting my friends back east, and I'm and I'm giving them weather updates. And the first one I said it's 72, not a cloud in the sky. And then I said, oh my bad. I said, let me update you. It's 77 degrees, not a cloud in the sky. Hmm. And I'm sitting there at Folsom Field. It it's November. It mm -hmm. is flat out gorgeous. The flat irons look like they're you can reach out and touch them. I'm like, who the hell wouldn't want to go to school here? All the buildings are. I mean, it's just gorgeous. It's a it's a great campus, man. I think it's expensive. Well, there's a lot of places that are expensive. If you're in state, it's certainly not as expensive expensive as if you go there and you're That's out true. of state. That's true. You know, I was thinking about your trip up there and I was thinking, you know, I was here when CU football was in its heyday. Yeah. So I was I was interning at KOA Radio. So I got to go to some be in the booth with Larry Zimmer. It was it was fantastic. But it's been a bit since athletics played a part in a lot of kids' college experience in Boulder and at CU, at CSU, pardon me. Well, I was fortunate to, I mean, we didn't, I couldn't speak of football at KU, but athletics, basketball was a, was a part, a big part of my college experience. Just everybody went. Did That's you have what to you camp did. out, Julie, back then to, to get tickets to Fog Allen? No, what you had to do is you had to buy football tickets. That's how they got you. They said, you can get basketball tickets, but you have to buy season tickets to the football team because nobody went. Yeah. That's how they got us. But that's what we did every Tuesday or Thursday night or Saturday, whatever, the whole campus. You know what I mean? I mean, there were some kids that didn't go. But that was that was a big part of when I look back at memories and then I got to go to the Final Four and Sweet 16 and all that. But I think about some of those kids in Boulder and that's, I don't know, it's just a different experience. I, I think that if you go to school in Tuscaloosa, and I know Nick Saban addressed this earlier because he was upset kids were leaving early. Well, hello, Nick, as great a coach as you are and as great as your teams have been, when you're playing the Citadel, doesn't it seem like every time I need a bad team, I always pick on the Citadel? <laughs> I don't know why I do that. But when, when you're playing teams that can't come close to competing with you, I don't blame the students for leaving in the third quarter because you're already up 50 to nothing. Um, but if you're in Tuscaloosa, if you go to Alabama you're one of the reasons you're going is what you were talking about the the college experience the big time athletic experience now the kids in Boulder 
I, I think it probably was different when they were competing for a national championship as they did in 90 and won a national championship in a perennial kind of top five program. Mm-hmm. I, I know that my son, who's was a college athlete and, you know, loves football, et cetera. He was he probably with like a lot of kids, they're running around campus and maybe they're trying to get lucky, but they're also, they're also, he wanted to go watch Alabama play LSU, which was, you know, the number one game of the season so right. far. Whereas, you know, if you're at Georgia or we said Tuscaloosa, you're probably going um, to the game. And until Colorado can kind of get back up to that top 15, top 20 level, mm-hmm. you're going to deal with a degree of apathy. It is kind of an age old question here in Colorado when we know how beautiful Boulder is and um, there's so much to do up there. And it's such a, it's such a great city. Why? the teams aren't better. Now I know when you, like you look at the PAC 12 and you go, okay, you're recruiting against some really solid traditional teams, right? There's nothing sexier than some of those California, UCLA and USC and, and the, and how Oregon, you know, the tradition now of winning there. So it's, it's not the city that you're recruiting. It's a program you're recruiting against. How many kids I want, can we take ourselves back to being 18 again? Julie Brownman at 18, right? Mm, yeah. You were a smoke show, of course, getting ready to go no, to school. No, 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 late bloomer. Okay. okay. Oh, you were a late bloomer. Okay. Um, I was trying to build you up. Okay, and there okay. you go. Yes. Tear yourself down. <laughs> That's what women do. But you're, you're, let's say you're a college athlete. Uh-huh. And you do you appreciate as an 18-year-old the beauty of Boulder? Or do you just say, okay, I want to know where the bars are or I want to know – I mean, how do these kids make the decision? Because as adults, we go up there and as I just went off on how gorgeous it is. And as adults, we go, man, I would love to go to school. Do 18-year-olds get that, you think? Does a great great college football player who Mel Tucker's recruiting from Georgia show up and go, man, this is gorgeous? (laughs) You know what? That's a a great point. Because at an 18-year-old, 100% no. That is not what I – I mean, I went to Kansas. So yeah. clearly, no, I wasn't looking at my surroundings. But Lawrence, Lawrence is kind of a little bit of rolling hills and has got some. Oh, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I had a chance to go to Boulder and I didn't want to go to Boulder because I didn't want to follow my sister. She went there. That's why I didn't right. go to see you. Okay. So what that's the dumbness of my I loved I loved my experience. But that's how I made my decision is that I, my sister went and you, I didn't want to go where my sister went. You just reminded me a great story. You know, last week we had Mike Bobo on, right? Uh-huh. He was telling me a story about. The kid Dante Wright, who's who's a could be a freshman All American this year, is a great wide out, and they run jet sweeps with him and punt return. He's really talented, true freshman from Florida. Mm-hmm. Evidently, a really quiet kid. And when Bobo was recruiting him, he said his mom, when they came up on the visit, was like, "I'm going to be a ski bunny, a snow bunny. I my kid is coming here." And he said, "You know, I didn't get that feeling from the kid." He said, "So I didn't." You know, I hadn't didn't call him back for a while, and finally, I I got back to him, and and his mom got on the phone, and she said, "My son wants to come here." And I said, "Well, to be honest with you, I don't get that feeling." I said, "I know you love the beauty of Fort Collins and this campus, etc., right. but I don't kind of feel that from Dante." She said, "Hold on, I'm going to put Dante on the phone." <laughs> so Dante gets on the phone again. He's a 18 year old kid. He's really quiet, and he said, "No, coach, I'd like to come." And he was being recruited by a lot of schools. Uh-huh. And he goes, "I'd like to come." 
So that's how they got him. But the bottom line was the mom was going to be heartbroken, according to Mike Bobo, <laughs> if her kid didn't go there. And now they jump on a plane every weekend from Florida and make sure they are, they're in Fort Collins when, when the Rams are at home. But well, they get it. Parents get it. Right. And they do have a say in this. Uh, before we take a break and talk a little bit about the Broncos and the Drew Locke situation, another coach is fired in college football. Uh, Arkansas fired Morris, their head coach. He'd been on the job. It's like last week we were talking about Florida State firing Taggart after being on the job less than two years. Arkansas did the same thing. And they're going to pay, Jules, somewhere in the neighborhood of $10 million to buy him out. Now, what I want to know, when was the last time Arkansas was good? Bielma was there when, remember when he came down from Wisconsin, which everybody was like, whoa, he's going from Wisconsin to Arkansas. Okay. And it didn't work. They ran him off. He was there a little bit longer. They haven't been good in quite some time. Don't you have to give a, I know they only won four games, but maybe the thing was, was burnt down and Mm -hmm. it takes a while to build it back up. So now they're going to spend another $10 million. I guarantee you, you and I are going to be sitting here two years from now, and we're going to go, guess what? Arkansas is still horseshit. (laughs) It makes me think if they're willing to spend $10 million to pay somebody off, that the price of winning is that much higher, right? If they're willing to pay that amount of money, they have to assume that if they can get back to a respectable level that they're going to make. Does that make sense? Yeah, can you can you imagine for a second being so wealthy and your alma mater or maybe just the school you follow it's the performance of the football team is of such profound importance to you that you would write a check for millions of dollars out of your own bank account to have somebody just removed you know, I just realized you're much more passionate about college football than you are about the NFL. Absolutely. We'll talk about that in a little bit because I find, do you want me to tell you now why? Yeah. I find the NFL to be so corporate and so staid and, you know, from from the numerous penalty flags to the uniform, literally the uniform police, your socks weren't up high enough, Odell Beckham, you wore the wrong colored shoes. Mm-hmm. Um God forbid you celebrate in an emotional game a little bit. I just, I, it's like I was in Boulder, and I and I have the great privilege of, of doing college football as a broadcaster. I love being on college campuses. I love the, the genuine enthusiasm, whether it's alum coming back and, and tailgating and putting on their, you know, their Colorado garb or their CSU garb or their SMU garb, wherever the heck you are, right? And yeah, there's great fandom in the NFL, but I just I just don't get the same feel. It doesn't have it doesn't make me feel as good as when I'm on a college campus um watching college teams play. And in the NFL right now, Julie, there's some horrendous teams. I can only think, for instance, and I'm gonna ask you the same question. Off the top of my head, here's the teams that I like to watch. I'm still a New York Giant fan. I, mm-hmm. I will always be a huge New York Giant fan. It's where I grew up. It's kind of like the last team I can just be an unadulterated fan. Obviously, I pull really hard for the Rockies. I work for them. You know, I like to see the Nuggets and Avs do well. I like to see the Broncos do well. But I'm a Giants fan. The Giants are terrible. But I still kind of watch them. I love watching Carol- When you're in New York, do you yeah. get a, even a thicker New York accent? Did I break into a New York accent? You kind of broke into like, I usually do that if I have a couple of beers. (laughs) Okay. So if you have a couple of beers and you're in New York, it's like, 
I can't understand like you. Using, no, no, stop. I <laughs> okay. speak the Queen's English at all times. Um, I, I like to watch Carolina because I, I love Christian McCaffrey. He's a Colorado kid. He's a great player. He's fun to watch. So I watch Carolina. Mm-hmm. I like watching Green Bay because Aaron Rodgers, they're fun to watch. You know, there's a handful of teams. I'll be like, okay, I'll watch them. And most of the other NFL teams, yeah, I watch the Broncos naturally. But mm-hmm. the other NFL teams, who the hell wants to watch Cincinnati or um, – you know, any number of, the, you know, New England's still fun to watch, but Miami, the Jets, my Giants, if you weren't a fan of them, they're, I mean, they're terrible. I like to watch the Chiefs. And I know yeah, I, some Bronco co- country might want to strike me down, but there, I, I like division. I like watching division games, actually. And plus, now I have a fascination, like everybody else does, with Patrick Mahomes. How about Lamar Jackson? You interested yeah. now watching him? I, I, I'll, I'll watch Baltimore. He's fun. Mm hmm. But there's too much sameness in the NFL. That's another reason I prefer college football. We are going to talk a little bit about the Broncos and what we think about the Broncos moving forward. They just enjoyed a bye weekend. Coming up on Sunday, it is a game against the Vikings, which is going to be another tough game for Broncos. We'll talk about it when we come back. Hey, it's at this point in the show, we love to tell you about our friends at Ideal Home Loans. They've been around since 2001. They've helped out so many home buyers, so many people consolidating debt, so many people refinancing through the years. And now is an absolutely perfect time to do the same because interest rates are at historic lows. Give them a call. Ideal Home Loans at 303-867-7000. 303-867-7000. They have salary-based employees, so you're not going to get the hard sell. I'm going through a a situation right now where I am utilizing them. They're terrific. I mean, they're hands-on. They make it so incredibly easy for you. And that's what you want, especially when you're dealing with uh, a major decision or uh, which buying a house is a major decision, getting it financed properly is a major decision. Clearly, they're going to take great care of you. They're going to answer all of your questions. They'll come to your home. They'll come to your place of business, whatever is uh, easiest for you. 303-867-7000, Ideal Home Loans. They make the process uh, so ideal, and they have been over the last few years the preferred mortgage provider of the Colorado Rockies. Tell them Drew Goodman sent you and Julie Brownman as well. 303-867-7000, Ideal Home Loans. Julie, before we get into Drew Locke, earlier in the day when we were talking, mm-hmm. it got me thinking because you put me on speakerphone <laughs> at while you were getting your, I, I guess, um, Royal daily, nails. Mm-hmm. You, you were getting your daily manicure and pedicure. Mm-hmm. Manny Petty, as they, uh, as, um, as your side, a, your side likes to call them. Yeah, it was a manicure. I don't do pedicures in the winter. Oh, you don't? No, why? I I do my Manny and Petty throughout the year. You've never gotten a manicure nor a pedicure, have you? Yeah, we established that earlier when we were talking. <laughs> Why'd you have me? Yeah, I'm in speakerphone. How big was this place? Did because they- because he was working on my hands. Oh, really? That's why. That's a that's a called a Did, manicure. That's a manicure, right? Right. So they'll take care of my cuticles and stuff. Mm-hmm. How many men out there? Will you email us at with Julie? What? How do you email us again? You know all that stuff. TheDrewGoodmanPodcast dot com. That's uh, the so then you come up on the website. So that says contact. I, right. Where I need all the men that listen to us or the ladies that listen to us, our podcast, Mm -hmm. and let us know if you're a guy, have you ever had a manicure or pedicure? Mm -hmm. If you're a woman and you have a significant other that is male, Mm -hmm. if they get a manicure and pedicure. I think most men could use a pedicure. I probably could. (laughs) You're looking at your hands. A pedicure is your feet, Drew. Oh, the pedicure? Well, I got sneakers (laughs) on. I can't see my toes. I think every man should try it once. 
I cut my nails today. How did I do? Mm-hmm. Pretty good. Yeah. yeah, pretty good. So we want to know. Go to uh, the Drew Goodman Podcast. Dot com. Dot com. And just go to the contact page and you can just let us know what you think about uh, if men should get a manicure pedicure. So Drew Locke, the big thing about Drew Locke will not be the quarterback against the Minnesota Vikings on the road. Minnesota is undefeated at home. Um, so, But the big thing with Drew Locke, as we've been talking about, is when is he going to play quarterback? And if you listen to Vic Fangio, it is no time soon. He Fangio did say that he will start practicing, although there's no guarantee of if and when he's going to come off the IR. And when somebody asked him, they said, what what does he need to do to make that determination? Vic Fangio said, good quarterback play. He needs to prove that he belongs. Wait a second. I think this story is getting worse and worse and worse. You've got a high round draft pick, a guy that John Elway traded up to get. A lot of people were very high on Drew Locke. He says, Drew Locke says he's ready. And your head coach is now even saying he has to prove that he belongs. Like, doesn't this, isn't this reminiscent of Paxton Lynch or even worse? I don't remember the coach saying that Paxton has to prove that he belongs. If you had two veteran guys in front, you can say, okay, I understand that. Mm -hmm. The, The trio of quarterbacks right now, if you flash back, you know, more than a week ago, none of them had taken an NFL snap. So if you were a guy drafted fairly high, and as you said, the Broncos moved up to get him, mm-hmm. I, I'm still not sure, Julie, whether, and we love to read between the lines, especially with the Broncos and, and statements that emanate from either the head coach or the general manager, et cetera, what are they trying to say? And you clearly are doing that, as are a lot of Bronco fans. Or is some of this just kind of Vic Fangio because we've heard him with Von Miller saying Von Miller can play better and his bet, you know, his best days should be in front of him. Well, is he right? Uh, he, he either either Von Miller can play better or Von Miller is on the other side of the slope, which happens quickly in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And his best days, his elite days, may be behind at least by his productivity this year. That's a separate subject. I'm with you though. There's something there. With Drew Locke, either he hasn't absorbed the playbook uh, to the level that they feel he should, the work ethic is, I'm I'm just throwing things out there. I don't know for a fact, but I think there's enough there that I would concur. We can read between the lines like he hasn't blown them away with work ethic, knowledge, performance when he was healthy it's a little bit of a mystery because i know when all this stuff was happening with paxton lynch those things got out you know we would hear a number of people would hear that he wasn't um, studying like they they want him to study he wasn't spending the time that they wanted him to spend the time doing things i don't hear have you heard anything about anything about drew log like it's a pretty tight lipped ship over there but there is something well there's a disconnect julie and you stated it drew Locke has come out publicly when he's been when reporters go up to his locker and they ask him hey are you ready yeah i i'm ready to practice Mm -hmm. and yet the bronco coaching staff led of course by vic fangio they they say something else so there is a disconnect there but could we buy into, if we don't believe in a conspiracy theory, could you just buy into, when you look at the schedule and you realize how many games are on the road and how 
tough the remaining schedule is. Can you maybe buy into that? Like, well, it's not, we probably shouldn't throw them in there on the road uh, against the Minnesota Vikings who are undefeated at home. Like, can you, can you kind of just go along with a narrative? I don't know because, you know, Brandon Allen did some nice things in his first game, but Brandon Allen was a late round pick out of Arkansas. This first mm-hmm. three or four years in the league, he didn't play a snap in a regular season game. So we can throw Brandon Allen to the Wolves, but we're not going to throw Drew Locke out there and let him learn uh, under fire, so to speak, as coaches like to say. You want him to start, you, you want the clock to start running on him to get a feel for not only what you have, but but the learning curve that that can only take place through playing. So when do you want that clock to start? Do you want it to start? So it's not going to be against Minnesota. Do you want it to start with the Broncos, a Sunday game on the road at Buffalo, which we know how things don't usually go well with the Broncos in an early game. Do you want him to start when the Chargers are in town, who haven't had a down year, but it's still the Chargers? Or do you want it on the road against Houston? Or do you want it on the road against Kansas City? Maybe it's on the 22nd with the December 22nd, Detroit visits Denver. No, I I think if you're going to go there and he's starting to practice this week, I would give him a couple of weeks and I would circle as an organization the home game against the Chargers. You're you're in your home environment and as your point, you're not going to Buffalo where the weather could be, and Buffalo's pretty darn good, we know. Mm-hmm. The, the weather could be just flat awful. I would I would give him a couple of weeks where he's practicing. Now, at some point, it may be, listen, what if Brandon Allen sets the world on fire the next couple of weeks? You can't exactly pull him out of there. There have been sixth-round picks that turned out to be really good once given an opportunity. See one Tom Brady in right. New England. right. Well, we shall see. So if they don't start him against the Chargers, that's when you're officially worried. Unless, again, unless Brandon Allen's just killing it, it would be pretty clear if Brandon Allen's just okay and, you know, it's he looks like a backup quarterback, which is a little bit unfair because it, how do you assess a guy with mediocre talent, a mediocre at best offensive line, and say, oh, he can't play or he's just he's really just a backup? I mean, maybe you can, but... Again, making too quick a judgment on any talent um, can be ruinous to an organization. But I would I would say there's something there. If Brandon Allen's just okay, and now two or three weeks go by, Julie, and Drew Locke doesn't see the football field. Hey, and by the way, in, the, in segment one, we were talking about the fact that I prefer college football to the NFL. It doesn't mean I don't enjoy you know certain games with the NFL. Um, th- there were a couple of good games this weekend, you know, the, the, the Cowboy game, the Carolina Green Bay game, you know, entertaining games the, you know, the Vikings and Cowboys is what I was mentioning. The Broncos will see the, uh, the Vikings this week. One of the things, remember we were talking Jules in the last couple of weeks about if I asked you 10 years ago to name the top five quarterbacks in the league, other than like Peyton Manning, they're the same dudes you mentioned <laughs> today, right? Right. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. But we have to acknowledge, I think, and tell me if you're on board with this, there are several younger quarterbacks who are becoming near elite. 
the, I put that in air quotes, near elite, where you go, you know what? If you got one of these cats, you got a, you got a real chance. Russell Wilson, certainly, right? MVP oh, sure. candidate. Oh, sure. Russell Wilson. Now, he's won a Super Bowl. I mean, Russell Wilson's an elite guy. He's almost there. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, he's an elite guy. Yeah. He keeps getting better. Um, Dak Prescott. Do you watch Dak Prescott play? I know Dallas lost this week, and Dallas always is, you know, especially, you know, with, with Garrett as the head coach. That's well, interesting like. to me because he had such a good first year, right? And then uh, was he in his third year? I think it's third year, right? Okay. Yeah, he's because I still feel like the book is still out on him. I think that he's talented. I think he's talented. But we've seen some ups and we've seen some downs, right? Yeah. I, I think we allow our elite guys to have down weeks and we just mm-hmm. say, well, you know, it wasn't a great week for right. so-and-so, right? right? I think Dak Prescott is pretty damn good. I'm putting him in that class of near elite. Now, with this, Russell Wilson? Russell Wilson, absolutely. Okay, but is he in the class with Russell I Wilson? Him, I would put him among the five best quarterbacks in football now. You know, he's he Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees. I have no problem including Wilson. Okay, right? yeah, yeah, Wilson. Was, yeah? Okay, yeah. Absolutely. But how about, what do you got on Lamar Jackson? He I, He's played 16 games, Julie, before you... Because I see your brain working there. <laughs> right. He's played 16 games as of our taping. Uh-huh. 13-3 and three record for Baltimore. Right. He's thrown for more yards in his first 16 games than Drew Brees did with San Diego. Mm-hmm. Pretty good player. Future yeah. Hall of Famer. Are you ready to get shut down? Ladanian Tomlinson, another one of your favorites from when you were in San Diego. You covered LT, right? Right. He has rushed for more yards than Ladanian Tomlinson did his first 16 games. And th- these bo- both Breeze and Ladanian Tomlinson hit the ground running in the NFL. He has a higher completion percentage than Breeze did. And again, the bottom line is they win and they're entertaining every week. Okay, can I go Lamar now? Jackson, pretty damn good. It's your turn. Did you see what he did in the playoffs last year? Rookie. I, that's all I, I, I think those are amazing statistics, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are pretty stunning when you're talking about the names that, that you threw in there. He's not going to be an elite quarterback if he does what he did in the playoffs. That dude, he just shut down. I mean, he, he was not effective. So you can have those numbers, but those greats also have championships attached to them. So I'm not sure yet, while he is fun to watch, I would more so, I'm not sure yet I'm ready to anoint him the next great one. I think what you state, again, is very fair, but because he's played a year. Right. But would you take him as your Denver Bronco quarterback right now? Yes. Or Drew Locke or Brandon Allen <laughs> yes. or Kevin Hogan or whoever the hell else they got running around How there? How many languages can Valley? I say yes? Yes. Uh, we... we. C. <laughs> That's all I know. Double. <laughs> the answer is yes. The answer yes. is yes. You're right. right? Yeah. I'm with you. I mean, it's still, but okay. Lamar Jackson's fun. Let's end the podcast where I say you're right. Shouldn't we? Isn't it appropriate time to end the podcast? I think that we should end every podcast with that because it's about the only place that I'm ever going to hear it. You are right. We'll see you uh, next week for episode 19. You